And I have horses with all, so this is going to be great. (laughs) I know you wanted to talk today, Meredith, about the energy types and their strategy with the universe, just kind of highlight and touch on that. Yeah. Or definition. Cool. Let's do that. So there's three options in which a human design chart body graph will show up either single split or triple definition. And I have horses with all, so this is going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) This is so fun. So It's actually quite simple in that single definition means there's an easy flow to the design. I have single definition. There's an easy flow to the design of my design and the way I've been created. It's not that a triple split is not easy. It's that there is more processing going on. So for me, as a non-emotional, meaning that my solar plexus is undefined and a single definition, It means that when I am feeling an experience of an emotion, because I'm an empath, I'm able to easily identify the root cause of that emotion coming through. I'm able to easily identify exactly where those emotions and feelings are being generated. As a split definition, it's going to take more time for that person, whether it be emotional or non-emotional to identify where the emotion is coming from, or if they're an emotional person, the emotion that they're experiencing. As a split definition, the intensity of the emotion can last longer and feel a little bit more extreme. Now we move into the triple split, which is like boom, 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 right? And so, for example, my son Jack is a triple split non-emotional. So he is a triple split empath, which means that when he experiences an emotion, not only is he amplifying it times a billion, he is also going to hold on to it, to understand it, to assimilate what, what's going on. Why am I feeling so angry? That tantrum for him is going to last much longer than it will for my son, Liam, who's a single definition. Liam will easily go, boom, I'm over it. Jack will hold a grudge. He will remember three weeks ago, mommy was upset with me. Two months ago, Miss Tanya was angry at me. You know, it it still blows my mind because toddlers don't really have on the overall these long-term memories. But Jack knows because he holds on to emotions a little longer. Now, yes, Toddlers do experience, they have tantrums and then they quickly move through. But you'll see if you have a toddler or you yourself or you have a horse that has triple split, they're hanging on to those emotions a little longer, not because they're like, oh, I love being angry, but because if they're non-emotional, they're trying to figure out what is it that I'm feeling? Why am I feeling this way? What is the root cause of it? And how do I get this out of my system? Where if there's single definition, they're just getting it out immediately. You're laughing. Tell me. I am laughing because my projector horse with the active brain was a emotional triple split. So when he had a bad experience with the rider, it was a long time for him to get over it. Totally. 
A long time. We're talking months to get over something unpleasant. It's no shock to me because when it comes to firstly being a projector, he's a very sensitive being, number one. Number two, it's not just these items are in silos. We paint a bigger picture. So once we have intel of the variables and the energy type and the authority and the profile, and then we map it all on and the definition, and then we start to really understand this unique person, horse, etc. And so projectors, super light beings, very sensitive beings. My generator is also a triple split emotional. Fascinating. Not as sensitive as a generator, but when we have emotional beings that we're dealing with, what's to know about that is that God is playing music at any given day, rock, rap, jazz. And so they are experiencing different emotional waves on a daily basis. And so the way they see life is through a colored lens until the emotional wave runs through. Now, as a triple split, that's really intense because they, they're trying to identify what it is they're feeling. And so they're going to hold on to some emotions a little longer than the non-emotional triple splits. A non-emotional triple split will take longer to identify, but faster than an emotional triple split. So the difference between my projector horse, yes. who's a PRE for the listeners, and my generator horse, who's another PRE, both of whom are triple splits, you know, both of whom deal with anxiety to higher degrees than my other horses. Yeah. My generator horse, the anxiety simmers and it comes out in trust issues. Mm. The projector horse kind of wore the anxiety on the sleeve or both take a while to get through that anxiety. What's going on with their spleen? Is it defined or undefined? Both are defined. Okay. So interesting. When you have a defined spleen, whether, you know, we're talking about any being with a design type that has a defined spleen, it simply means that anxiety and fear are internally generated. And so on any given day, anxiety and fear can run really, really, really high. It is a defined spleen human obligation, duty to navigate through those fears and anxieties coming up and not to hold on to them because the open spleen people and beings, horses, are picking up on that shit. And so it's so vital that we do that work. Now, for a horse that has a defined spleen, it's to know that their anxiety and fear might run really high. And so there might be some extra TLC, love, again, calm environment supportive environment and not just come on, just get it done or old school kind of patriarchal, get it done, push through. They might just be really nervous. Some anxiety might not logically make sense, but it's because they experience fear and anxiety waves, super intuitive, but fear and anxiety runs high for them. There's always a pro and con for every energy center being defined or undefined. I don't like to use the word pro or con, but for lack of better words, there's always an empowering piece to that energy center and a disempowering one. So my horse, other PRE, yeah. has a 
define spleen in a split definition? You know, triple split's going to have a lot of the anxiety is going to be there. But split definition, I like to reference it in time frame. Let's say three of us are standing in a row. One is single, one is split, one is triple, all emotional people. The single will identify the emotion within the hour, the split within the day, the triple within two days. Eventually, they'll work through the emotion. Eventually, they'll identify the fear or anxiety if we were talking in reference to that. But the process takes just a little longer for the split and even longer for the triple. And so that means if you have a child, if you yourself, your animal, patience, love, understanding, and empathy. It can be really frustrating, especially if you're a Manny Jenner generator or just annoying in general if you're any other energy type. Just stop crying or stop whining. But it might just mean that they haven't identified what they're actually experiencing and feeling. For someone like my son, Jack, who's a triple split, what I'm really supportive with, because he just holds on to it. I can see him holding on to it. Now, it's also not great to hold on to any energy and motion. We want to let that flow through. And it's simply just supporting him with a safe space and context to release it. And for the horse, that might look like walking it out, running it out, moving that energy, getting them unstagnant, you know? So after part one was released, I received comments and feedback from people all over the world about episodes eight through 10. And one of the people wrote in and said that for them, understanding the split has been important because those horses needed more time to process things and longer adjustment time or longer adjustment periods versus the single definition and non-emotional authorities. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening in, emotional authority makes up 50% of the population. I think it'd be similar statistics with the horses as well. The emotional authority basically means defined solar plexus and non-emotional means undefined solar plexus. And it's kind of funny because it's opposite. A non-emotional is empathic, feels the feels at extremes. An emotional person is non-empathic and experiences emotional waves on a day-to-day basis. Now, the non-emotional, because it's not their emotions, they're experiencing something that's creating the emotional wave coming into them. They can go, oh, it was that movie. It was that thing. It was that person. And so the process of processing the emotion, processing the energy coming through is a little bit easier for a non-emotional than an emotional. An emotional person can be really, and this could be true for the horses as well, just not tuned into what they're experiencing or feeling. So then on, if you throw on top of that triple or split definition, it's just going to take even longer. My husband is an emotional projector and we'll have a conversation and I'll say, well, how does that make you feel? And he's like, I don't know. What do you mean? And I'm like, okay, well, sit with it and then let me know. And then he sits with it. And then 24 hours, he comes back and he's like, you know, I've been able to pinpoint this is what it brings up for me. Oh, okay, great. Because emotional people aren't necessarily aware of their emotions. So they can be walking around and they're like actually angry. And they have no idea that this anger is moving through them. And they're hanging out and talking to you. And you're like, I'm a non-emotional. So I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, yeah, I'm fine. And you're like, yeah, you're definitely not fine. (laughs) And as a non-emotional, we reflect that back. So it's the same with the horses. So if one horse is emotional with an underbelly going on that they're angry about something, they're not aware, remember, but the non-emotional is 
acutely aware, like something's off with you, they pick it up. But if they're not aware of it, right, they'll pick it up like it's their own. They'll start acting like that, which amplifies the emotion. Then the emotional person's getting angry because they're angry. And then it just starts to ping pong. So it's interesting that all of my horses are emotional. Surprise, given the breed reputations of the Lusitanos and especially the Pieris. I'm a non-emotional person, but particularly my triple split horse is super, super sensitive to my emotions and my state of coherence and congruence. So Mm. I have to be very careful. And one of the strategies that I've adapted is when I get out of the car, because at the barn, I have a box or a bubble. And so I take whatever I've been thinking about or whatever I've been feeling for my business or my relationships or other areas of my life. And I just put it in a box or a bubble. I can have it back when I leave. But for the time that I'm working with my horse and the time that I show up at the barn and out of my car, I remove all of that. So I try and give myself a slate as possible because he's a triple spill emotional. It's almost like it's not even the removal. It's like a suspension of that emotion and those experiences. I do something similar when I am on this podcast or in a one-on-one session with a client or when I'm coaching, teaching a workshop. If there's anything that's bothering me or coming up for me or whatever, and I haven't worked through it yet, it's not that I'm spiritually bypassing. I just suspend it and give my presence to Meredith. I'm here today right now with Meredith on this podcast to support you guys that are listening in. I don't need to be thinking about or going into all those other things that it kind of reminds me when I was in sports growing up, my basketball coach used to say, leave it off the court. So when you come into the game, you suspend every emotional feeling you're feeling of whatever craziness is going on just for then so that you can be fully present. And we know, you guys, that an athlete at the top level, Olympian level, if they bring that onto the court, onto the track, onto the whatever, that's what takes them out mentally. It's not that they're physically not able to do it. It's the mental piece. And it's usually because they've brought something emotional and energy that's in motion They're holding on. They're not suspending that. And that can ping pong around the team. So it's so great that you are doing that. And one of my mentors and I were chatting, kind of laughing about this last week, because for this triple split emotional horse, his drug is my anxiety or my intense emotion. So it's been a journey and a process of no matter what he does or no matter how he tries to interact with me, it really is like a drug to him. Like he gets these hits if he pulls me out of a non-calm emotional state. For instance, like if you were to go to bite me and if I were to have a spike of anxiety because he becomes a snapping crocodile, he gets off of that little emotional spike. And so learning to interact with him from an entirely emotionally neutral place, and it doesn't matter what, how he tries to get that hit from me, giving myself the freedom to say, okay, with this particular horse, the most important thing is remain emotionally neutral. And so giving myself permission to step away or to move to the side or to grab his halter. Totally 100% 
Because what's to note is that as a non-emotional, you in any area you have a white energy center, you amplify that in the other person. It's like a mirror. You're just reflecting back. And so the other thing is that as a non-emotional, if Meredith, let's just say she's fine, everything's Meredith won't wake up angry, sad, mad, glad. She's just going to wake up at neutral. It's external experiences that will start to move her into an energetically emotional state, if anything. So she could be like, I'm happy. Everything's great. I'm driving to go see the horses. Someone cuts her off and then anger rises up. And if she's an unconscious being, she'll identify that she's angry. And then she'll walk in to see the horses and she'll be spilling that all around And then they're like, what's going on? And if they're already in an emotional state, they're just like, huh? And then she's just amplifying that. And then they're not aware. And then it just creates all this chaos that goes on. So it's great that you're doing this, that you're so aware. Or let's say one of the horses is really angry. You go in and you just 10X it. So it's just being aware as a non-emotional, especially when you have horses, children, spouses, you want to know that you're the amplifier of emotions and that can get really wild in a house. We know that if we go and show up at a competition and we're anxious or stressed or scared because of our upcoming performance or because of how we just performed, we know our horses take that on from us and that it amps them up. And all of a sudden we have tension problems that our horses are doing crazy things we didn't think they are physically able to do. And what this does through human design is it deconstructs why, how the horses are picking it up from us through the auric field and why some horses are more sensitive to our emotional states and our show nerves than other horses. It's so good. The last piece that I wanted to cover today, and I think Meredith needs to have me back because I want to go into some other pieces too. So you guys are just going to get like totally satiated with so much goodness. This last piece that I wanted to just cover is the strategy in regards to each energy type. And I'd love to come back if Meredith will have me, but I think she will. She's smiling and talk about the profiles because that's really the horse's personality type. That's the human's personality type. And there's so much juiciness in that. And that in itself is like a few episodes. But the last thing I want to talk about today, because my horses, aka my children, I need to go to the barn and feed all of them shortly. So the last thing I want to talk about today is the strategy. As far as strategy goes, majority of the energy types are waiting to respond, waiting a lunar cycle, waiting for the invite, waiting, 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 waiting. And that doesn't mean that it's not setting you up for success. That doesn't mean that you can't create success in your life as a human. And as far as when we talk about horses, it also doesn't mean that they just sit in the barn all day waiting for something. There's one strategy type that I would love for you to dive into to inform. Yeah. So every strategy type, 92% of the population as humans is waiting for something. But 8% are manifestors and they're here to initiate and to inform. And that's very different. Now we live in a society that's all about initiate, push, make it happen. That's for manifestors. They can initiate, push, make it happen because they're here to create, to forge new pathways, to birth new visions, to birth new ideas, to push beyond a limit that you didn't know possible. 
That's a manifester. Gloria Steinem is a manifester. Kings and queens up until the 1800s, manifestors to inform, to initiate, to tell you this is what you need to do. Now, the rest of them, the rest of the bunch, the other four energy types are waiting for the invite, waiting to respond, waiting a lunar cycle, big decisions. This isn't like peeing, eating, going to the bath, you know, that kind of thing. Not bigger decisions, big life decisions. So when we talk about waiting to respond, as a human, that would look like many gens and gens wait to respond is the strategy, right? People get really aggressive with me about this, especially entrepreneurs. Like, well, how do I make anything happen in my business? Well, when you take aligned action and create space and decondition your aura so that things can drop in, guess what happens? Everything you need, require, and desire shows up. Opportunities show up. Michael A. Singer wrote the book, The Surrender Experience. That's what it's like. It's like, I'm surrendering. And then whatever shows up, I'm in response to. I'm like, okay, if it's a yes, no, because the generators and manifesting generators are ruled by the sacral, I'm going to fall into alignment with what is serving me. Yes, no. That's that gut instinctual. Well, I'm an emotional authority. doesn't matter. You still can revert back to once the emotional waves run through the sacral as a horse to note that if they're a generator or manifesting generator, they are going to be constantly responding to things, responding to what you're saying to them, responding to how you're behaving, responding to how another horse is acting. They're constantly going to be in response to things, right? That's how they're best served. And so manifesting generators and generators with a horse, best thing to do, black, white, yes, no. Do you feel like you want to go out today? No or yes. Two options. So if it were, I think it was the projector horse that liked the toys, but if it were a generator horse, I'd hold up like two toys. Which one do you want? The blue or the red? And give them those two options. My kids are toddlers, you know, so communication is very difficult for toddlers. My kids are all generators. Sacral authority. Yes, no. Even if they were an emotional authority, it's still riding out the emotional waves and then the decision. If I say to them, what do you want to watch tonight for a show? Uh, that's what they say. If I say, do you want to watch the ant bully show? There's this show called the ant bully. It's quite cute. Or the bears. There's like a bear cartoon that they like. And they go ant bears. Like immediately they know. Do you want to go outside with your sister? My son, Jack will say, do I want to do this? No or yes. No or yes. They love decisions are made easily. Same for asking your horses. Two options. Their strategy is to respond, but those options of yes, no, they're responding to life with projector horses waiting for the invitation. So inviting them in, inviting them to join. My husband's a projector. Would you like to join me in yoga today? No, I wouldn't. Okay, great. Would you like to join me in meditation? Would you like to join me in a walk? This is how I invite I invite him into things with me. I don't tell him what to do. I invite him. Would you like to do this? Would you like to go on vacation? Would you like to? Because they're waiting for the invitation. We're reverse engineering it by going, well, how do we get them to do stuff? If we're not a manifester, we can't go do this. So we need to either invite them in or ask them those yes, no questions. Now, if you have a reflector horse, it's a little bit more complex in that there's going to be themes that that horse is going through or that you're going through in every 28-day cycle. And you'll start to see the themes and the answers kind of emerging. And that's when you really want to tune into your 
intuition to supporting that reflector horse, they might easily blend in too because they're like the chameleons. So you might have a reflector amongst your horses that acts like a generator or that acts like a projector because they are just deciding that in this month, that's what they're going to be. And that's totally cool. But I think what's most important, your reflector horses, environment, 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 aesthetically nice, really lush, giving them the best experience. If we were to say there's a penthouse stall, give them that one. Where I've noticed this the most is inside the context of the horse-human relationship. With my manifestors and my generator horses, because they wait for response, that's where I need to step it up and be a leader. And we talk about leadership a lot within the equestrian community. Yeah. But this is where people like Josh Nickel with his relational horsemanship or Lockie with his emotional horsemanship, where they're really effective. Because the horses are waiting for the response. They're waiting for us to step up as leaders and to be fair, authentic, compassionate leaders. With the projector and waiting for the invite, it's leadership, but it's finessed. If I say manifesting generator horse, do something, I make a slight suggestion to the projector horse, who, as we chatted about earlier, is also the active brain horse. So... And triple split. He is a very fun designer. He was a very touchy horse. He is no longer in my barn, but I loved him to pieces. Now, the manifestor horse with their thing to inform, that was the horse that would actually tell me which energy to be in. Yeah. And that manifestor horse, if I, because I was dumb at the time and would come to that horse and show up to that relationship like I would my manifesting generator or generator horses. And that was a no-go. I have they make you respect them and take them on their terms. That horse is very wise and very kind. He was also very clear of what he required from me. Yeah. And so it was a little bit flipped. Yeah. Made a fantastic schoolmaster though. Yeah, I'm sure. It's interesting because the thing with each energy type is that their strategy is what they thrive the most in. It's what they respond best to. It's also what they're the most comfortable in doing, if you will. So like in business, what I say to my generators is that you respond well to yes, no, black, white. You also feel comfortable inviting people in that way. Do you want to join me? Yes or no. Does this feel good for you? Yes or no. Do you want this or this? Do you want to join my money course or my this course? So I'm a generator. That's my strategy. I feel good doing that. I feel the most comfortable doing that. Coincidentally, generators and many gens make up 70% of the population. So if you're a business owner, you're getting a good chunk of people. You know, if you have people that are coming to your barn to ride on horses or to pet the horses, or if you have like a business around the equestrian that's not just you riding them and you bring people in, there's more of a business aspect and component than, you know, this is around CTAs too. So knowing the strategy in your human design is really important. So to kind of recap, the most important piece in human design is to understand first the energy type, second, the authority type, and then we want to dive deep into the nuances, like the variables, like the profiles. I'll definitely come on and do another session with Meredith just around the profiles. And in Meredith's show notes, I'd love to gift you guys the opportunity. I had a a three-day free event around human design that just breaks this down, the energy type, the authority type, 
and then how that works with food and movement and eating and all of that for an hour and a half for each. And what I say to people is just keep rinsing it through is supportive. Amazing. That is so generous of you. Thank you. You're so welcome. Yeah, this is such a missing piece for so many people. It's so affirming and confirming, supportive in how you navigate life, how you navigate and interact with others. And my pleasure. And so for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about working with Melaine, you can visit her website, MelaineLeeButler.com. And that's spelled M-A-L-A-I-N-E-L-E-A-H-B-U-T-L-E-R.com. And the link to the resource that you were talking about is there on your site? The link to the resources won't be on my site, but I'll make sure to give you the URL so that you have that in the show notes for everyone. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And then if you'd like more information about the host of this podcast, me, Meredith Crawford, and my exploration into the depths of the horse-human relationship and all things mind-body connection, you can visit my site, which is thelab.horse. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you so much, Melaine, for coming on and sharing this with us. You're so welcome. I hope you guys learned lots today. And I hope this is supportive for your relationship to yourself, to your horses, and your life. Bye for now. (laughs) 